With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's Modern League Podcast. I'm Steve Seiper, and I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos, Ken Lavin, and Thomas Henderson. Once again this week, how are you guys doing? All right. Doing Yourself? Well. <laughs> All right. Um, let's start with Promote Extend Trade, and I am happy to say that the Final Fantasy VII Remake is out. And Final Fantasy you, VII. Steve, you're finally going to do a video game one, and you're going to do a video game I'm not familiar with. Well, like, why do you do this to me, Steve? Not really. It's not really a video game. Not really Final Fantasy VII specific as much as just the concept of uh, sequels. Okay. And 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 um, franchises with like sequels that don't really have too much continuity. Because with Final Fantasy games, you know, there's there's 15 plus, and there's not really much continuity between them. So of these franchises that have that same kind of model, independent stories with um, very limited continuity between them, what are we going to promote, extend, or trade of these uh, series? First, we have James Bond. Then there's Indiana Jones. And finally, Godzilla. Oh, well, uh, easily I'm extending Godzilla forever because I'm the biggest Godzilla junkie on the planet. Really? Okay. I I grew up watching those terrible old Godzilla movies on VHS every weekend. (laughs) So uh, extending Godzilla, I don't have a strong take on Bond versus Indiana Jones, honestly. Like, objectively, there are two good Indiana Jones movies, and the rest suck. You bite your tongue. <laughs> Wait, what? what? All right, Raiders of the Lost Ark is great. Temple, uh, Temple's kind of meh. 
Temple sucks. Uh, Last Crusade is pretty – yeah, but two out of four ain't bad. <laughs> Point being, there are more good Bond movies than Indiana Jones movies, so we're tra- I'm trading Jones and uh, promoting Bonds. James Bonds. <laughs> I've seen maybe one Godzilla movie, so <laughs> I'm going to offend your sensibilities and trade Godzilla <laughs> – I hope it was the I hope it was the 1998 American one. I'm oh, with, sure with uh, Matthew Broderick, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, the fat guy who kind of looks like Eric Mangini, but isn't. Uh, I already forgot. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to extend Indiana Jones and promote bonds. Bond. I probably um, extend Godzilla because yeah. Um, I think, like, so, you're right about there being more good Bond movies than there are good Indiana Jones movies, but the good Indiana Jones movies I like a lot, so I, I'm torn. <clears throat> Raiders I mean, might I'm... be the best movie out of any of these that we're talking about. <laughs> Which, Ra- Lost, Lost Ark, you're saying? Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I... The best movie out of any of the franchises we're discussing. I think... Multiple Bond movies are far superior to Lost Ark. Like, Lost Ark is a good movie, but Indiana Jones has no effect on the story. Like, seriously, take Indiana out of that story, what happens? The Germans still find the Ark, they still go to this <laughs> random death island. <laughs> they open the Ark, and they all die anyway, which is exactly what happened even with him there. He took out, like, an entire unit of Nazis. <laughs> But they would have just died when they opened the ark. Not all of them. Mm. <laughs> Through the movie. <laughs> Has James Bond survived the nuclear blast? In a refrigerator? In Not a refrigerator. sure about that one. I'm going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> That's an important question to answer before we can I mean, really decide. Godzilla wins the nuclear question because he's literally powered by <laughs> nuclear energy. True. So... Just more reasons to extend Godzilla, to be honest with you. We could have done a whole promote extend trade solely about Godzilla villains. There's like, a lot of them. Like, which Godzilla monsters are you promoting, extending, or trading, aside from Godzilla himself? Always go with Mecha Godzilla. That's my King policy. Gid- King Ghidorah. <sighs> All right. Um, I don't know. I, I'm extending Indiana Jones because I just like the Indiana Jones franchise and the stories more than the others, but it was a tough one between Bond and Godzilla. And I traded Bond because really, you know, Godzilla is Godzilla at the end of the day. You don't want to get on his bad side, obviously. Apparently he's a Japanese citizen now, too. Oh, that's good. I hope he's doing well. Um, So, the season uh, was supposed to start on Thursday, uh, Syracuse was going to be playing the Pawtucket Red Sox, and the Rumble Ponies were going to be playing the Akron Rubber Ducks, and the St. Lucie Mets were going to be playing the team in Fort Myers, formerly known as the Miracle, but now they are the Mighty Muscles. And the five. Quick, yeah. quick, yeah. Query. Is that muscles as in the bodybuilder muscles, or muscles as in the shellfish. It is the shellfish, but yes! 
the logo, of course, um, reflects the punny, na- punny nature of the name, and it is a muscle who is very strong. I love my minor league thing. team yeah. so much. My yep. minor leagues. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we have to talk about them like seriously. Like, oh yeah, the mighty muscles might be really good this year. So, like, <laughs> like, like you have it's uh, it's the best. The the, the, the my, I really appreciate the minor league teams that know they're around as a joke basically and lean into it with the funny names. I agree. That is part of the beauty of the miners. They also give us things like I really want to buy a flying chunkless hat, a San Antonio <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> and of course they were not the only team to like rebrand with an out- outlandish name. Uh Canopolis, the Intimidators, and are now the Cannonballers. Um Wichita, they have the Wind Surge, which is a Pegasus. Um Mighty Muscles, of course. Um, I feel like there's a oh Norwich the sea unicorns of course <laughs> can't can't not mention so that. a narwhal yes a baseball narwhal sea unicorn I feel like there's a word for th- a word for that exists already but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah those are uh, also the fireflies are going to be playing the green jackets and those were some. Grade A team makeovers, and obviously none of that really matters now because the season is not starting on time, and who knows if there's even going to be a 2020 season. And before all the coronavirus stuff, this year was like a really shitty year for me, and I was looking forward so much to the season, and now there's not even going to be a season most likely, and it's just a really crappy situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, obviously, you know, it, it was only the four full-season teams um, come June when the short-season teams have started. And maybe things will be different, and maybe they'll be able to play on time. Who knows? Probably not, but you never know. But even though... Um, the seasons are not going to be happening as predicted, as planned. Um, It's a situation we're not happy about because we're looking forward to these teams and not all of them were probably going to be very good, but it's still kind of, you know, unfortunate that we're not going to be able to see these teams playing. Uh, For Syracuse, I can't really say that I was looking at, that I was going to be excited too much about their season. Um, last year, then inaugural year, they did pretty well in the standings, but the team wasn't like fun. Um, you know, AAA teams are usually kind of a, a fusion of prospects and career minor league guys and veterans looking to kind of get back into baseball. But the team last year was really skewed towards like career minor league guys and veterans. Off the top of your head, who were the two prospects, and I use that term pretty loosely, that were on the Syracuse team? Last from year. our yeah, from our top twenty five prospect list. You mean the the list for this year? 
Oh, excuse me, for the 2019 season. Uh, Who were the two that were on our list that began the year with Syracuse? Began the year with Syracuse? Harold didn't begin the year there. Uh, I barely even remember their opening day roster as it is. Thinking, <laughs> thinking through it, thinking Let through it. The list open. That's not so. Uh, Jimenez was still in Double A. Did Guillaume go north with the team? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alonso went north. Peterson was in Double A. Hanhold? Yes, Eric Hanhold was one. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Zamora. Yep, those are yeah. the two. Nice. Exciting. Those are the top prospects. Yep. Catch the fever. Yeah. It wasn't going to be much better this year. Well, no. That's, maybe, well, Jimenez. Know, probably. Jimenez, probably. There was going to be a few more prospect guys. Harold, Peterson, Kevin um, Jimenez, Smith, probably, Gonsalves. Uh, Most of the team is still going to be those kind of Sanchez, yeah, those those veteran guys, and I think the ones that they had last year were at least better, so that the team would have, you know, they did end the year in standings pretty well. They had, you know, uh, Gregor Blanco, Rajai Davis, Danny Espinosa, you know. Dude, not... Would you like to recount that game for us? <laughs> Which the uh, the game that Syracuse's season ended on. Oh, it was not a very that they had it was not a, great box. a seven run lead like twice or something to that effect and they blew it. And it was like fourteen to thirteen. Um not yeah, not optimal. Not you not what you like to see. Not great, Bob. It's not what you want. No. But I think the quality of those guys on the team last year was better than the quality of the guys that were probably gonna be on the roster this year, so you know. Without saying Syracuse is probably going to be bad, uh, I wasn't really thinking that too much is going to be going on there no, yeah. this year. <laughs> it, was, it was going to be a lot of um, paying attention to who maybe will get called up, and that's never really exciting. Like in a pinch, those type of guys. That is kind of the role of AAA, though. Usually, oh, yeah. usually AA is the team where there's more going on. And last year, kind of the same thing. Um, I mean, it's literally I, the guys we're talking about at AAA now, but in AA, yeah, yeah. plus I mean, Anthony K, I guess. They, that's it, it's definitely more of an indictment on the Mets' ability to like draft quality guys that continue grinding up the system as opposed to just kind of washing out. But you know, the, the Binghamton team the last couple of years has kind of been like. One or two really guys, you know, guys that are good and then lots of garbage. No offense to those players, of course, but, you know, last year was basically Jimenez and Peterson for most of the year, and that was it. 2018 was basically Peter Alonzo, McNeil, and Dunn, and that was it. Um, 2017, like, Corey Oswalt had that really good year on paper, and Chris Flexen was good when he was there, and that was it. Um, 2016, it was Dom and Ahmed and Gazelman when he was there, but that was it. And that really is the, the story of Binghamton going back quite a while now. And that is just basically because of how the Mets are drafting. Yeah. Optimally, you have 
minor league guys and then the occasional, you know, veteran that's signed and sent to double A that are better <laughs> than what the Mets have had. And unfortunately, the Mets have not been able to uh, really do that. I think this the season, at least in theory, there might have been a few more guys that could have had solid seasons. But, I mean, there really was – it's not like, you know, there was really anybody uh, great projected to, to be in Binghamton for this season. Yeah, it's uh, all about the low, lower minors for the Mets right now. Like, yep. There is probably like an outcome for Mauricio where he hits the ground running in, in the FSL and hits his way to bingo fairly early, but not a particularly likely outcome. But, yeah. But I thought MLB The Show had Matthew Allen in double A. That's true. You telling me the video game is inaccurate? Unfortunately. Damn. Shots fired. <laughs> Uh, let's see. St. Lucie, normally they're a bummer. Um, <laughs> they were bad last year, bad in 2018, bad in 2017. Last time they ended the season with a record above 500 was 2016, so we're going back quite a bit. Um, assuming, though, that everybody from Columbia was going to get promoted to St. Lucie, you know, the, the, it could have gone two ways, either... You know, Mauricio and Vientos and um, Trevian Newton, you know, either they would have hit their stride and done well, or they would have been overmatched and kind of treaded water like they did in Columbia. So basically, St. Lucie of the 2020 season is the Columbia Fireflies of the 2019 season. At least they still got the glow in the dark. Do they have those glow in the dark hats still? Yes, yes, they oh, do. Those hats are dope. They are. And then uh, Columbia, um, like last year, they probably were going to be the team to follow because, you know, as I mentioned, you know, the Mets assigned a bunch of their top prospects to the, to the Fireflies aggressively. Uh, Mauricio Vientos, Newton, Simeon Wood Richardson, and assuming that the Mets were going to be just as aggressive with some of the guys that were in Kingsport last year, uh, 2020 Cola Flies could have had Alf- Al- Alvarez, Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, Jalen Palmer, Junior Santos, which is basically just like that group that they had in 2019. But just like that group of guys that they had in 2019, they could have been, you know, uh, very talented guys that were just still too young and overmatched. Maybe they'd sink, maybe they'd swim. I mean, we don't really know now because the season's not taking place, but it would have, uh, they would have been the team to follow again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. of our top ten, no, I guess I'm going through our top ten now. Even most of the top ten might be lower than that, right? Or a good um, chunk of them. Let's see, let me get that up here. Well, number one prospect, Mauricio, I say, would probably be going to San Luis. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Jimenez probably would be going to uh, Syracuse. AAA, Syracuse. Yep, yep, yep. I yep. forgot about Allen. He would probably be going to Columbia, I would say. You think they're going to shove him in Columbia? Yeah. 
he already pitched. I mean, it was limited innings, but he already pitched in the New York Penn League, and he was good in the New York Penn League. So I don't see the point of having him if the season was was you know actually starting. I wouldn't see the point of having him sit back mm. and wait two months in in the complex before the season started, and then just go right back to doing what he was doing against. I think the they Bears. might have him do like weird three inning starts or something, just so he doesn't pitch too many innings. He's probably mm. the same plan as Simeon Wood, Woods Richardson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. like a slow up. Beatty would have gone to Columbia. Um, Vientos would have gone to St. Lucie. Mm-hmm. Alvarez would have gone to Columbia. Peterson, AAA. Sapucky. AAA. AAA, I would think as well. Yeah. Kill me, AAA. Yep. Newton, St. Lucie. And that's the top ten. I thought I, I was saying I thought uh we had Consequera and Hernandez higher, but that was just me. So they're gonna be <laughs> them and Valdez and Santos should be lower. And I guess Jalen Palmer too, probably. I would put Palmer up to Columbia. I would Really? Put, yeah. I would I would bring him up. I would bring Santos up as well. But also, I guess it depends on how they performed in spring training and then how they performed, you know, in front of Mets evaluators. I'd be a little bit worried about that 40% strikeout rate with Palmer because I think that's that has real flame-out potential if you push him too fast. Definitely. Definitely agree. He's somebody I definitely would put in Brooklyn for a year. Mm. No. Um, basically, I think they went a little too aggressively with Newton. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm I'm thinking the same. And I think they're very similar type players. They are. Santos, I also like. I don't know what to make of Santos. I know I'm. I'm I think I'm the low guy on him here. Um, and I know the stats don't mean anything, but when you're walking five and a half dudes per nine. I'm less inclined to promote you aggressively. Yeah, I'd probably send him to Brooklyn. He's also so young. He's like, he's 18 yeah, and a half right yeah, now. So like, so I think Brooklyn's perfectly reasonable for him. I also think that's the kind of thing that extended spring can help you work on, honestly, because, well, I don't know. Maybe extended spring is just totally useless, but at least theoretically of the issues a prospect has, I feel like working on making your mechanics a little bit more repeatable or your, just your control in general, that's something you can work on in a bullpen. Like, you don't need to be facing live competition for that. Yeah, and that that is that, that brings up uh, a point. I wasn't really going to get it. Excuse me. Bleh. I wasn't really going to get into it too much, but just the, the lack of active games, like you mentioned. There are some things that some guys can work on, but, I mean – Assuming everything comes back to normal and there's a 2021 season, it's gonna suck for some guys to really have missed an entire year of player development. Yeah. Most notably, uh, I, I started writing about it, but most notably Beatty. I mean, assuming the season is a wash completely, there's no games whatsoever um he'll be coming into the 2021 season as a 21 year old with like no real Mm -hmm. 
you know, experience above rookie ball, which is yep. that's not tough. great. He's putting and that's, behind that call at that point. Yeah, that's 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 where the the situation with the age being on the older side is going to come uh, come back and. I think it's also important. In face. I think you can think about the type of player he is, right? Like, what are the skills you can work on off the field? You can work on your conditioning, your strength. If you're a pitcher, you can probably work on a lot of things off the field. Like, you can go in a bullpen and tinker with your pitches or work on your mechanics. Um, hitters, it's going to be harder because you need live pitching, honestly. But as a hitter, like, let's say you were someone who's, like, rake thin and needs to add strength or someone who just needs to get in better shape. Well, then, you, yeah, you could be improving right now. Beatty's not that. He's, like, phys- fully physically developed. He needs to work on his hitting skills. He needs live pitching. I don't know that there's a war- – and he's old, so I don't know that there's a worse profile for uh, pandemic, honestly. <laughs> worse Which, pandemic profile. Not, not a comment I thought I'd be making uh, two months ago <laughs> or when they drafted him. Suboptimal print pandemic profile. Mm. See, these are the things that, you know, evaluators should be looking out for when. Uh huh. Uh huh. Real, real big part of the prospect evaluation process. Honestly, I think there's just going to be a lot of noise in general, though. Oh, absolutely. It's good. It, the next full season is going to be a disaster. Like, I don't know if it's any worse for Batty than it is for anybody else who's, you know, I, I think we're going to have huge swings everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I mean... Evaluation's going to be wild over the next... Like, yeah, Batty's a little bit behind the curve, but who knows what prep he's doing, who knows what prep other people are doing. It's just going to be wild to see. Yeah, I think there's at least a theoretical argument, though, that, all right, so Beatty is old and already physically maxed, so what is he actually doing without games? Then you have Mauricio, who's young but needs to add a lot of strength. So he could just say, well, I can't play baseball, so I'm just going to go lift weights every day. And he comes back and he's boosted his power by a grade or a grade and a half. Yeah. Right? Like, that's something I could see happening. Yeah, but what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the Mets, so I never expect a good outcome to happen. So, honestly, there's like, how much influence can the Mets have if guys aren't in their complex? Right, that's a very fair point. They could give suggestions, I'm sure, but after that. But after that, it's up to where are these guys and what are they doing, you know? You would hope that uh, a smart organization or baseball as a whole would have a system set up or or would be have have put together some sort of, of infrastructure to help these guys and, like, get them video time with trainers, get them programs to work on, get them dietary programs, what have you. Um, but as we've yeah, discussed right. ad nauseum, they're not very good at this. Yeah. They're probably not very well equipped to handle something like this, as opposed to a team like the Dodgers. Fre- Fred Wilpon is figuring out Zoom right now. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely getting hacked. They don't have passwords on their Zoom call. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so the guy I'm, like, relatively excited to see um, come back after all of this is Jimenez. Mm. Um, Why is that? Pretty much solely because every day he's on Instagram showing his workouts. <laughs> he looks like he's in the best shape of his all life. All right. Andres Jimenez <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. Hold it up. 
He's it's literally, it's literally every day. Like, he's gonna come back a legit thirty run home run threat now. This is the wrong Andres Jimenez. <laughs> Oops. He's got ten k followers. He should, he should pull up pretty easily. This guy's got thirty seven k followers. Oh wow. Huh. Uh, okay, this one looks more correct. Oh yeah, dude, dude's getting jacked. Some sort of weird flamingo style barbell exercise going on here. I'm sure that does something. And we've seen him come back from, um, you know, a winter at least in significantly better shape than he was going into the winter at least once before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He definitely if works. Gonna use the, yeah, if somebody's going to use the time effectively um, in some facet, he's somebody I'm confident in. To do that. Yeah, I could absolutely buy that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who else or what else are you guys looking forward to once baseball starts? So, I mean, my, uh, my takes on on Bauer are are known. I know that he's a bit of a jackass, but he does some cool pitch design stuff. I'm wondering if anyone else is like in a, in one of those labs fiddling with their pitches right now. That seems like the, an ideal thing you could try try without uh, violating too much social dis too many social distancing rules. Like you could just go in there and start fiddling with. All right, well, what if I hold, throw the ball this way instead? So I want to see if anyone comes back with like a new pitch. I mean, you'd have to be lucky enough to be at one of those facilities. No, of course, of course. Like, uh, and that's something that I wish the organization would be like, hey, you want to go, we'll, we'll hook you up with these guys. You want to go do this? And that's something they could set up. But again, probably not doing that. I would hope that these players use the time effectively as it pertains to their careers. I'm I'm a little worried about pitchers coming back and like ramp, like if they do have a abbreviated season, trying to ramp up and having more injuries happen. That's one thing I was thinking about with pitchers. Mm. That, that's if, fair. If sure guys are probably throwing bullpens and stuff, but to throw game level situations and maybe guys aren't throwing as much as they should or much as they could or they threw too much in quarantine, you never know. Like, because pitching is pitcher's break regardless. But, um, yeah, I'm a little worried about an uptick in injuries from that regard, just from pitchers being like, oh, it's, like, best case scenario, it's, like, 
May or June or July or August or sometime in the summer, and they're like, oh, you got to throw 100 pitches now, you know? <laughs> and if they're not ready for it, I'm worried about guys getting hurt and stuff. Well, It'll be interesting good... to see, um, like, over next winter, all of the, Domin- all of the you know, winter leagues in, in yeah. Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and to see – how major league organizations will try to take advantage of that in terms of, you know, sending their minor league guys. They're going to start sending their stars. Yeah, my, that's something that you usually don't see, but... Mike Trout going to DR to play baseball? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's Mike Trout going to randomly come back uh, uh, better at this time around? He's going to be a two-way player. <laughs> he looked at Otani and was like, mm, that looks like fun. Yeah, and he's going to be the best pitcher in the league. God damn it. He's going to go 25-5 and five, all complete games or some something silly. He's just going to be like, yeah, I was bored. No, hitting is just too easy. Take that that or he trick. becomes a catcher or something. He's just like, I didn't want to play the outfield anymore. Ooh, that's an interesting <laughs> one. He he's like calculating the value of his bat behind the plate rather than center field. And he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd actually be better for the Angels here, and they still don't make the playoffs because they're the Angels. Yes, they're the Angels. <laughs> poor Angels. Poor Mike. Screw the Angels. Poor Mike. Yeah, poor Trout. Mike Trout. True. <laughs> uh, true. 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 Well, I don't know. They have a pretty good team. We were talking about that a few weeks ago. Much better than I realized, especially yeah. with Rendon now. Well, they Maybe. can hit. They still can't pitch, pitch though. Yeah. Right. Well, Otani would be back on the mound, presumably. Yeah. I mean, once every five days, at least you got someone. Their position player group is really exciting. I don't know. I think I'm most disappointed about not getting to see Allen. Because mm. he, I, I think he was probably the guy we were most excited to see. Or at least I was definitely up there, given the intrigue around the draft selection. So, and he's a dude who could be like a national prospect mm-hmm. if he pops off too, which would be nice just to have one. Really, like, hey. like it's fun to be in those conversations to have those dudes who are really good and the whole league knows it, rather than really good and like or like they're good and just the Mets fans know it because they're like a niche good. Right. I mean, if they had if they had strong seasons, I think you could make the case that Mauricio, Allen, and Alvarez could all pop up somewhere in the middle of like a top 100 national list with a good season next sure. year. I mean, Allen, Allen, I think had real blow. Allen and Mauricio had real blow up potential. Like there, there is a world where they just light the world on fire, or did light the or. It really popped off in 2020 and were top 30 or 20 type prospects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, the draft not uh, taking place or not taking place as business as usual is kind of crappy. Did that five-round proposal go through already? It did, but there's so much variance in it that like MLB reserves the right to increase the length of it. Uh, they didn't say how long. They didn't say when they can declare they want to increase the length of it. So, I mean, it's still a lot is up in the air. But, so they just uh, said we can do what we want. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And the players union, they have no skin in the game. So they're like, yeah, sure. 
Yeah, they're past that all by now, so. And, you know, it's kind of, I mean, the draft is always fun. And obviously you get some of the best players in the first couple of rounds, but all those like, you know, late round sleeper guys, that's, that's some of the fun that comes out of the draft. Absolutely. The, the Mike Piazzas that are <laughs> drafted in round 62, whatever. Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. And then obviously just the, the fact that, you know, going to games, that's gonna, gonna definitely miss that. Who doesn't like going to games? Yeah. Or even having them on. Like. Yeah, yeah. It was, especially with baseball and I'm a hockey fan, so there, that's on almost every day. And like, to have the sports on, like, there's a baseball game on at seven, almost every night. Then when there isn't, it's like, oh wow. Like you kind of take it for granted because it's, it's always been there for as long as you can remember. <clears throat> and for the foreseeable future, it's not, so it's so weird. Yeah, that is definitely not just minor league games, but in general, just, you know, one of the things that I've always appreciated about baseball is it's always on, you know, from spring to fall, basically every single night, basically every single day at, at you know, 7 o'clock, and, you know, nothing else is on. Put on the ball game. Something you're watching that's commercial. Put on the ball game. There's always, like you said, there's always baseball to put on and have. Definitely well, sucks to not have that. Uh, so I, I definitely didn't watch as much baseball anymore, but I was still very, very involved on the fantasy side. So that's the weirdest part for me is like not having a lineup to set. Mm-hmm. Or like I, I yeah. wake up and I open up Yahoo and I'm like, oh wait. You can just open it up inside. Yeah, I like I wake up and I look at my lineup and I'm like, oh, oh right, damn it, close it. And fantasy is fun because every year you get your guys who like you take you like pick up some dude on waivers and he goes off and like you won't have that this year. Like I like Eric Thames because I had him in 2017. Yeah, exactly. He came back and he was super good for no reason. And it's like I kind of miss having those weird connections with players that aren't on the Mets or don't really have anything to do with the Mets. Well, that that's the biggest thing. That, that's like the biggest barrier to me with, with things like OTP or uh, uh, MLB The Show is like it, it's not as interesting to me to – the most interesting thing in fantasy to me was always like trying to figure out the guys that are good or the, who will improve based on what based on the data we have, and that element really doesn't exist in, in either of those platforms. You're just kind of like – you're at the mercy of the whatever probabilities are built into their game engine, right? As opposed to just looking at the real-world data and trying to figure it out. And the fact that you can't sit back and try to make those predictions and, and then be rewarded for it, is, it sucks. Yeah. I was, all, I was all in on Garrett Hampson in pre-draft times this year, and now it's like, well, don't know if I'm right. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully... This, hopefully we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. I don't, I personally don't think so, but there's no. starting to see some evidence, so maybe, you know, for once things will go good. <laughs> Probably not though, but. What would you put the odds on that there is a, uh, 2020 season for the minor leagues? I don't even know if there's gonna be a major league season. Hmm. To be honest, 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it the same because I think there's definitely more, especially financially, more of an incentive to restart major league games, whereas I feel like there's definitely less of an incentive to restart all the minors, especially with all of the changes that Major League Baseball wanted to institute. Honestly, they might use it to institute those changes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you know, I, that completely reminds me that if there is no season, that means that and and and, the, and baseball is able to basically push across that the uh, chain all those changes that they want to. That basically means that Kingsport and Binghamton are both basically just gonna disappear, and last year was the last year that they were in existence. What a not a dignified ending for either yeah, team. Right. Yeah. What would Brooklyn become double A at that point? Yeah, that is that what was, they were saying. That was one of the proposals. Mm-hmm. I don't even hate that element of it. I think it'd be better if your upper minors teams are closer, but like, why are we getting rid of teams at all? Yeah. Um, yeah. And at least, at least Binghamton, they were set to host the double A all-star game. So if it was going to be their last season, at least they're kind of going out. Go out on zone, yeah. but, now this is it's equivalent of like backing into the playoffs, like woohoo, for you know, only the exact converse because this is a terrible, terrible thing. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, my my take is at least based on talking to my friends who are working on this and and my reading of the data. Honestly, I think they should just not have any season at any level. Like, I, yeah. I don't. I I I I love sports. I love baseball, but. I just don't, I just don't, we're not going to have a vaccine in time for, um, where by the time a vaccine is developed and, and tested adequately, we'd be way past the, the, any of the proposals for starting the season that we've seen so far. And, and honestly, in my mind, it's just not worth it. Yeah. I mean, anything that any proposal where you can't realistically start the season until let's say July or whatever, like what, what's the point at that point? Right. Right. Or, or with these wacky ass realignments or anything. So, okay. So you're going to risk you because let's be clear. There's still risk when they're with these, any, all the proposals they've mentioned, even if it's mitigated to some degree, but for a shitty half season with random divisions, and uh, and a, and uh, end result that no one's ever going to count as super legitimate. Why are we bothering? It would be I mean, the Mets' luck to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I was thinking about this. Actually. It'd, be, it'd be like, okay, we won, but but who cares? The the Mets win the 2020 World Series after a 30 game season. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and no one ca- ca- counts it as legitimate and. <laughs> I don't think it would feel legitimate, even to the fan, to, to, to us Met fans, I don't think it would feel that legitimate. And the only reason why they won the last game is because the other team couldn't take the field because they all got sick. <laughs> the Mets won by four The Mets are like built for a 30 game season. <laughs> like. That's the, yeah, you're right. They could absolutely go 25 and 5 and be the best yeah. team in the league. Because no one gets hurt because it's not. Like, if any team happen. can get hot for a really short amount of time, like, blisteringly hot, it's the New York Metropolitan. I mean, less so now that you don't have Thor, but yeah, if you have a 30-game yeah. season, you just ride DeGrom, Stroman, and Syndergaard for as hard as you can for 30 games. Pete Alonso wins the home run title of 16. <laughs> <laughs> 
mean, that's roughly like a play, playoffs, right? Because you have you know, the, the division series is five, 13. twelve, nineteen. So it's, it's like a little it's like longer, but yeah. a little longer. You can't do it as extreme as you do in the playoffs, but you can get to some approximation of that. And well, I think I could figure out how many dongs Pete would hit. So six abs a game times thirty games. It's one hundred eighty divided by he had a home run about eleven points. Like, BABs. 15. Yeah, 16 is almost exactly on the, on the button. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he'd be probably be facing better pitchers more consistently. That's true. Yeah. Mm. But they might also be gas, yeah, so we could, we could really go deep on this. But yeah, I mean, it just wouldn't feel, it wouldn't feel good. It wouldn't feel good. No. I yeah. want the Mets to win the World Series in an actual fucking season. Could you I imagine am... the uh, social distance parade? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine, uh, 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 I don't know if you, do you guys remember those videos of McFadden's during 2015? Oh yeah. Do, oh do yeah. Social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Did gets a whole block to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. If, yeah, uh, if they, if they won, I would completely embrace it and, be very happy with the fact that they are the champions. No asterisk whatsoever, but mm-hmm. not happening, so. Baseball is also in a really rough spot because it's very seasonal. Like, like football could get postponed, and it's whatever, because you could play in February and March and even in the spring if you really want to, and basketball and hockey are inside, so if the seasons, if the games get messed around, you could kind of work around it, but you can't play baseball in it, it's almost nope, like they should build domes on every stadium. Well, well yes. No. Precisely no. this. No. Out baseball's an outdoor sport. But make them retractable. Yeah. Every stadium gets a retractable dome. Is there can't... a single retractable dome stadium that doesn't look like shit? Okay. They've got they've <laughs> them all the time. <laughs> You're not and, – and they close them anyway when it's like it, – it would get like 65 degrees and they're like, close the stadium. It's cold. But – yeah, like, you can't really play this game in December unless you do, like, a neutral site place in a warm weather. Uh, Go, we're going down to Miami. Yeah, right? Like, it it would just be too... Yeah, there's, like, four or five of them that you could realistically do. It would be, like, a circuit where, like, each team plays in, like, different cities for a few weeks or whatever. I just think a big part of a good baseball stadium is is the incorporating the kind of scenic vista in the background. And admittedly, City Field isn't a great example of that. If you City Field go to the absolute top and you look out right. far enough into the distance, you right. will City, City Field is admittedly an industry in the middle of a kind of a not a great spot. you got to really like, look for it. <laughs> right, right. But you think about parks like, I don't know, uh, Mile High or... or uh, Pittsburgh is beautiful. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is right, but you, the best parks are the ones that incorporate the, the the view beyond the park. And I feel like once you start building dome stadiums, it's really hard to still have that view. Hear me out. It's all glass. <sighs> so, like, there are stadiums that do it well, though. Like um, Chase is nice. I, I've always wanted to go to Safeco Field because it's perfectly, or not safe. It's I believe it's T-Mobile Park now. T-Mobile Park now, I guess. But um, like oh, there's yeah. like four or five different elements of of that park that I just think are really really cool. Like it's always semi open air, even when the uh, the roof is closed. Um, I see what you're saying. 
for everyone like that, though, there's like Miami. Yeah, there's like there's four like where a... they don't give a crap, you know? <laughs> Miami is just awful. Miami, they built specifically, like, who cares? Let's just build the stadium and take the state rob money. Rob the taxpayers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> All right, well, do we have any other uh, last words for the week? Uh, seamless sucks and I hate it. Hmm. Okay. Fair. Seamless, Dang. don't for us. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Did you have well, a bad experience, Lucas? Uh, my food order yesterday was uh, a bit of a disaster. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need to start ranting about this again. I honestly Seamless, don't, don't remember the, the last time I like ordered out. Like, I'm just been so focused on, you know, okay, gotta save money, gotta just do everything at home, and I really miss Chinese food. <laughs> Alright, uh, if anyone has any questions, comments, you can send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Sleiper. Lucas is at elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken Levin ninety one, and Thomas is at Sad Met Season SZN. Subscribe to the podcast, please, wherever you get your podcast from, and then of course rate and review it. And thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. And until then, love the Mets, love the Mets. <laughs>